Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, including which ones should be resurrected, could be resurrected, and I messed this up on video. How embarrassing. This is a form-breaking episode anyhow, as you can see by the fact that if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see us. Hi. Uh, we're excited and proud to bring you our first ever interview episode with Dave Levine, a.k.a. Sex Toy Dave. Sex Toy Dave. From Megan Wants a Millionaire, so I hope you enjoy. Editor Noah here. Unfortunately, I had to say that our clean audio of Dave's side of the conversation was sadly corrupted. So I had to do some tricks of the trade here to get this uh, podcast even work. Uh, so I tried to fix it as best as I could. It's clearly not going to sound perfect, but I wanted to include this little uh, note in the beginning because uh, I wanted to explain that it is my fault and not Dave. I didn't want people to listen to this and be like, why does that millionaire have a terrible microphone? This is entirely my fault. Sorry for the poor quality and please enjoy the interview. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very happy to be joined to talk about Megan Wants a Millionaire. We have Sex Toy Dave on the line. How you doing, Dave? Whose real name is Dave Levine. Yes. <laughs> In fact, the whole, I've sort of uh, moved on from that name. Uh, you know, I guess we can get into that, but you know, I mean, listen, can't escape your past. <laughs> exactly, so, I guess that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's why I wanted to use his real name and not an outdated nickname. Yes, so uh, the, the sex toy game is behind you now, correct? Yeah, well, I sold the business this year. In 2016, I hired a CEO. I was sort of, you know, for me, I was never sort of that into toys or into them at all, really. It was just in 95, I wanted to make money uh, with e-commerce on the internet. I had a mall selling all kinds of things, toys. And then I had all these stores. Most of did, most stores did nothing. Some sold a little. I put up a toy store and the sales just came in, the profit margin was high, and I said, well, I guess this is what I should do. Um, and then I created one of the first affiliate programs. I was really into you know, decentralized networks. I did this work from home. I created a work from home business uh, okay. in 95 before it was cool. And then, uh, you but, know, but that paid off 25 years later. <laughs> yeah, I know. People thought I was crazy. Now I'm like, ah, now you see what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, so you have a knack for finding markets right before they blow up and taking advantage of that. I found, I, yes, I suddenly discovered that I'm good. I'm very good with uh, early. I get in early. And so okay. that's why now I'm into crypto and it feels very, it's sort of the same type of thing. Uh, I like to get in early. And then I, I have a saying that, you know, it's important if you're going to be a business to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the smartest guy. So I like to go to a room that nobody else is in. <laughs> That's a good move. And then when everybody else comes, that's what happened. You know, all of a sudden, I got on the web. I was the smartest guy in the room. And then the Google guys got on. And, like, you know, all of Silicon Valley got on. And then I was no longer the best. So I got out of there. Now I'm in crypto. And, uh, you know, smart people starting to get on. Hopefully I've made my money before they get there. So, so when you say that you, you started with a mall, do you mean an online mall? Yeah, that was what they called it. You know, in a, so... Before Amazon, you know, if you think of Amazon, right. it has everything store. We didn't think one store, you thought, 
oh, a bunch of stores that are all like near each other. Like everything, right. it was separated because we just thought, you know, the idea that you would have lots of different products made sense. But the idea that they would just be in one display just seemed crazy at the time. So right. we called it a mall. Everybody called these things a mall because you would go to the physical mall. And we understood, everybody understood that. So we called it a mall. As you probably, you know. So I right. had this idea. Uh, like I said, not this, you know, Jeff Bezos is an order of magnitude or several orders of magnitude smarter <laughs> than me. Uh, you know, but I, I, but I was before him. Right. Yeah, I mean, getting into e-commerce in the mid '90s, that was before a lot of people were really thinking about buying and selling things online. It was before yeah. a lot of people had home computers. Right. Right. Now, people, the, the web. When I got on the web, my first thing I was going to do consulting business. You know, to try to help people with websites. I'd call a business, say, hey, I build websites. They'd be like, huh? What? What is the web? I remember when people would say, what is the web? I was excited because I knew I was early. Um, and then it was like four months later, I'd say, hey, I want to build a website. I build websites. You know, maybe I can help you. They'd say, oh, the CEO is in a meeting, but I'm going to pull him out of a meeting for the for your random phone call. Like, right. that's how quick it changed. So, yeah, it was easy back then. Interesting. So... Yeah. Let's talk about Megan Wants a Millionaire. Okay. So I, first I have to know, how did you get involved? Like, how did you even find out about this? How well, did so, you end up there? Yeah, there's two things. One was, I loved the reality show idea for marketing for my business. You can't advertise mainstream for toys. Absolutely. And Especially not then. I mean, I, I hate to say it, uh, to people who dig up the old episodes, I was on Millionaire Matchmaker also. And that's what when they call they contacted me and I said, listen, I got this is marketing for me. Like, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, well, we can't say sextoy.com on the air. <laughs> well, I said, what about if you people had created this nickname for me? I was throwing parties and people were calling me Sextoy Dave. I said, can you just make my name Sextoy Dave? Because there's there's not a lot of Sextoy Daves out there. <laughs> and it sort of implies. I'm like, this is good marketing. So they said yes, and I'm like, cool. So I did that, and then. So that I was open to reality shows, but they okay. called me, and I was like, "Listen, I'm not going on one of these stupid shows where I live in a house and, and try to fight." <laughs> not, not, and they're like, "No, no, no, that's not what it is. You're just you're gonna go out on one date with her, and then you tell us what you think, and that's it. It's just it's gonna be nothing. Don't worry about it." It's like, "Okay, I'll do that." And then it was like. And then come for the interview, and then they get your side, and they're like, well, actually, it's in, it's in one of these houses, you know, and then it was a whole, I don't know, they sort of warmed me, they kept working me, and then before I know it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do it. And, um, <laughs> so they know, looked for you. What's that? So they contacted you initially. Yeah, I was on, in 2009, I was on, in fact, that summer, I was on three shows at the same time. I was on Million <laughs> Matchmaker for the second time. I was on this VH1 thing, and then there was this Joan Rivers. How did you get so rich? She did a thing. She had me on. I was on all three. Like, I was on three different channels in August of 2009. <laughs> the summer of Sex Toy Dave. Oh, it was the summer of Sex Oh, I'd be, like, in the gym, and they do, and, and Millionaire Matchmaker had two seasons, so they do the Sex Toy Dave hour. <laughs> I was, I would drive down the street, and people would be, like, banging on the windows, like, Sex Toy Dave, you know? <laughs> It was crazy. And then, you know, everybody forgot about me. <laughs> so, so you don't, did the fame not last? Do, do people still ask you about it besides us? Was, uh, 
so for a while it was like crazy. It was like everybody noticed me all the time, like and come up to me and whatever. And then it, uh, you know, actually, and Millionaire Matchmaker though they did reruns. It was seven seasons, and every season before the new season would start, they'd run all the reruns and they'd run mine. And so I often had people. For, so that was seven years. So for almost ten years, people would be like it would come up right. relatively frequently. Um, now it's pretty rare. Uh, gotcha. Uh, I, I might look too old now. <laughs> You're still rocking the haircut, so I'm surprised. You know, the funny thing is, I'm cutting my hair by myself now. I, right. You know, with COVID happened, and then I'm like, and then I had a house like, whatever. What is it? It's shorter here. You know, I try to do the faux hawk. <laughs> so I just go like this with a razor every few weeks. And I'm like, I like it better. Yeah, yeah. it looks good, man. So that means you, you didn't really know Megan at all when you signed up for this. Like, you didn't see her on any of the other shows or anything like that? No, and I didn't want... Actually, I had watched, um, what was the one? Flavor Flag. I mean, I, <laughs> that was the greatest of bad programming. I mean, oh. that show... Yeah, I mean, uh, as, a, as a group, I think these are the, the Citizen Kane of bad reality. Yeah, I was a, sort of a fan of bad reality. I no longer watch reality. I don't even know if they have bad reality anymore, but... I was a fan, and I watched, like, and also, I knew the VH1 genre. Okay. You know, of vanity. Uh, what was the other one with the rock star guy? Rock of Love. With Brett yeah, Michaels? I saw those, and then, I don't know. I didn't know Megan or that, I, you know, that one I didn't know. But I didn't care. Like, it's funny how the show, they really did pick up on. I was just doing this for marketing. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, listen, I'm not against it. She's wonderful. You know, I'll get to know her, but... Um, Whatever. You want to give me free advertising? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, from what I'm finding in interviews and what I've been able to scrape together, uh, nobody was really there with the expectation that they were going to fall in love with Megan. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny. Like, the guys would be talking. Like, every guy was like, oh, when the show airs, I'm going to be able to beat any girl. (laughs) They were all playing the acting. You know, nobody, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, listen, and there's nothing wrong, you know, I'm not, she's not a bad person, right. I'm saying, nobody hated her, it was just like, cool, and she's nice, or whatever, but uh, everyone had, like, an angle, you know, I mean, right. probably all the reality shows are, but these were all sort of entrepreneurial people, everybody was like, you know, coming up with their post-business plan, and, uh, and dating strategies. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah, and these shows are, to put it quite bluntly, like, super rigged. Yeah. Uh, But they're also, they have a certain vibe that is expected of, like, everyone is super drunk, it's a nightmare. What was, like, the vibe in the house? It seemed like a very different situation. Yeah, so, you know, first of all, with with it being, I wouldn't call it rigged, because they don't do a lot of telling you what to do, but they can create any narrative out of hours of footage they have and they can come back later and do like when they have those separate interviews to say right. oh and then they set it up and they can sort of create any story so I mean some people they do sort of get caught up and, and VH1 was more into that than like Millionaire Matchmaker they would just you know they didn't care but they would mm-hmm. could create any story uh, but anyways so uh, it was you know 
it was sort of fun. Like the guys were, I mean, it wasn't a super millionaire crowd. I mean, right. You know, one of these shows, it was like, if you bought a house, it was in 2009. <laughs> so if you bought a house any time before 2004, you're a million. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, and listen, and I don't even know some of these guys, what they did. I mean, it was like, uh, what's his name? Garth. And I love Garth. He's hilarious. Right. And he's got, had the, I met his girlfriend later, the most normal girlfriend. I'm like, how is she, how is she with you? Like, <laughs> he's a good guy and everything. He's a plumber. I'm right. Like, okay. How are you a millionaire? You know, I didn't ask him, and nothing against him, and I maybe he's the greatest right. plumber ever. But he probably is a good plumber. He saved some money, bought a house. He's like, I don't know, I own this house. It's worth a million dollars. You know, so everybody's a millionaire. Uh, but anyways, but the guys were smarter than the average, probably. Right. And everyone's, you know, so it was fun. We'd hang around in a nice house. It was very chill, and it was exciting, you know. So every, it, was a, it was a very high-energy vibe. Um, and there was a lot of, and what do you do there? You're just hanging around all day. I mean, and you know, yeah, they're always trying to feed you drinks. Um, yeah. And there was a business center too, which was like, there were like four computers and we'd all like, I mean, I had work to do. I was the CEO of the company right. and I was like, you know, I had to sit, I had stuff to do every day. And then other guys also were busy, but it was fun being with four other random people all running their business. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of fun. I mean, but on the other hand, I remember I only lasted four weeks. Right. And I got to say, as much as I was like, well, it's fun to stay on, but like, I can't wait to get the hell out of here. You know, sleeping in a room, <laughs> bunk beds, it was like five guys in my room. You know, I, oh, I think gosh. I shared a bunk bed with the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, great guy, great guy. But I mean, listen, I don't need to be in a bunk bed because also yeah. we're... You know, again, it's like wealthy, successful people. Like my house is bigger than the, the than the one they put me in. Right. Uh, and I lived in that alone. So, uh, you know, but but it was it was fun. Yeah, you definitely get a more mature vibe. That like this is a house full of comparative adults. Yeah. Compared to like Flavor of Love and Rock of Love and all of these other shows. And this is more of like there are adults in the room mm. and they have jobs and they have stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't as much crazy drama. I remember the first night, I think somebody, like, got in a fight. Like, Garth was very, like, he'd get stuff going, and, like, sometimes. And I think he, somebody got in a fight on the first night or something. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I don't, like, now, I guess Megan has episodes. I didn't even, I'm not sure I remember what they put on. I remember there was some drama, and, like, and also, you know, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's the very, that's an extremely unique situation to this show, um, clearly, thankfully. Yeah. yeah, you know, he was a little uh, dramatic as well, but. Uh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> kind of an understatement. Uh, if I could ask you about the business center, because that's something, as someone that watches a lot of uh, reality TV shows for this podcast, they always want to separate the contestants from, like, the world. But you had, like, computers and the internet. Was there any, like, restriction? Like, were you allowed to, like, read the news or anything? No. You know, they have this, they have this weird control, like, thing, and they don't want you... Like, why can't people be on their phones? I understand you don't want people... You want people involved. I get that, but like, I don't see the need of people being completely separated 100% from the outside world anyway, so what's the big deal? Um, But, 
we needed, you know, was, I was also like, I can't, I'm not doing this if I can't contact people. I have to, I'm, right. I run a business, you know, so. And wait, what was your question though? Like, could, was there any restriction? Like, were you allowed to read the news? Were you allowed to get entertainment from outside? Like, did they let you get I any of that they stuff? They wanted to be a little bit in control. And I think the phones, like I would just, I remember it was like with the phone, you're supposed to always have your phone, but I had my phone. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could, if once you let people have a phone and a computer, there might've been some hours, but it, I think it was also... If you sat in in front of the computer all day, they'd be like, "Dude, you got to be involved here." And some people were more involved. I think no matter what, if you sat in the corner all day, they'd be like, "Hey, why don't you? You got to talk to people. You're on a show. You know, you don't. You got to be involved." Or if you were on your phone, but people didn't really do that. Okay. But we were not blocked from any. There was no blocking on the websites. And okay. Was, you know, I think the mentality of uh, cutting people off from the world like that is actually to drive them slightly insane. Uh, it, I'm yeah. dead serious that it's actually yeah. to push them to the brink emotionally, mentally, physically, so that you get that drama. Right. Their reality yeah. shows for the most part are pretty abusive situations. Yeah. That's why when that, when that thing happened with Ryan, and I'm not blaming VH1 or producers or whatever, anybody, you know, whatever. It's crazy, but... Um, they sort of, like, that's why they, they, like, canceled all VH1 shows. Yes. Because there was a little bit of this sense of, wait, are we, did we, cre- I think they had a sense of, wait, did we make him crazy? Like, because, right. you know, it was, yeah, it, it, like, the crazier, and all of these other shows, too, had more, they would look for people who are just, you know, whatever, expressive, at the least, you know. <laughs> it's a nice way for it. I mean, this was the most, uh, you know, crazy bunch of people who actually make money I've ever seen. Uh, Fair. <laughs> you know? Right. So, you know, they look for that. And then, you know, I don't know cutting off people from the world where that came from. And I don't know if they do that on every show. It's a weird thing. And, and are they doing it to make people crazy or is it a weird? But I think they had a sense of like, we need to back off. Like, this is, go- you know, why did this happen? You know? So. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Were you friendly with anybody in the house? Was there anybody who you were, like, friends with? Well, when I was there, you know, I was friendly, you know, with everybody. <laughs> and there were some guys I, like, you know, hung out with more than others. Um, you know, I remember, like, Punisher. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then there was this guy, Al, who, like, I kept in touch with. I actually saw him, like, one time when I was something was going on and like he's a nice guy and like you know some of us were yeah a couple of the guys more than others but honestly when it ended really we didn't really keep in touch other than you know listen I was so it's funny when hindsight I'm like god I was was so into business like it really came out the show I didn't even think I was that ridiculous but (laughs) you know apparently and like I was like I actually hung out with Megan and Cecile you know, I talked to them, hung out with them a couple times. But again, that was like business for me. It was like they would talk about shows they want to be on and I want to, you know, we're like, we're talking like to figure out how we advance our bad reality career. Um, <laughs> and then I actually met with Ryan. Uh, Oof. I had dinner with Ryan and his girlfriend a week before the incident. 
Right. Oh my oh, God. Wow. Now he he was someone who I bar- I didn't talk to him much in the house. I didn't. He was not. You know. I don't know. You know. He was like he he get fights with people. like he was like just not for me, you know. Okay. But I didn't do have any drama with him. I just whatever. I don't uh, get involved in, in stupidness. So yeah. Uh, but at the end, uh, for whatever reason, well, he was in Hollywood and he would you know and he was on so he was on this I Love Money right. And I was be on the next I Love Money. Oh oh. So he got back and I said I, I want to find out what am I getting into with this thing right and he had just got back from the same house on the same show that I'm about to go to to two days. Right. Right. So, so for, again, it's not because I think he's a great, I was just like, whatever, it's business, uh, business meeting. We go meet and dinner five minutes from my house and I'm going to get the deets on what, what I love money is all about. Yeah. What you're getting yourself into here. Yeah. And so, you know, I just want to make it out like I'm his best friend or anything, but, uh, you're doing some recon. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, but it was a bit of a, it was surreal. Like, yeah. He's with, it was very uncomfortable. He was like making out with her, like, like they were slobbering like, oh. during dinner. You know what I mean? Like in a yeah. weird, insecure way. And also she, you know, so I was in Hollywood. I've, I moved on from that right. whole scene and I have the scars to prove it. And I now know why people say it's not a good idea to get caught up in the scene. But, right. um, Fair. At the time, I was, you know, uh, uh, you know, climbing that social ladder, if not already made my ascent to the summit. But, uh, oh, that's right. I was on all these shows during parties. So I was like, you know, Mr. I was enjoying the craziness. But anyways, this girl was, I was, the main thing I was like, I was like, he is in over his head. Like, she was, you know, I don't know, you know, just she knew how to work the scene and Mm -hmm. the money and the whole thing. And he was like, just, he didn't know what was going on. Right. Oh my God, she's going to eat him alive. And, and that was, you know, that, that, whatever. And I'm not blaming her. Right. Right. He was in a highly emotional situation with a, and not realizing it with somebody who's playing a game at another level. Right. And he just get jerked around. Like, you know, if you've ever been with, somebody who you think you're in love with that she doesn't give a crap about you it can be quite emotional so I, I saw that at the time and I was like he doesn't know what he's doing here. yeah so, yeah so, that was so it wasn't one of those situations where it was like everything seemed normal like you could tell no. something was underneath no. that's no. crazy I mean I was in Hollywood so rarely, rarely did I come into any events that were normal <laughs> gotcha <laughs> did register at the time I was like yeah, the fact that even in the, you know, grand scale of what you were dealing with, that that still struck a chord. Yeah. Like, with your normal meter being completely off and that still being like, oh, no, this is this is weird even for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But I, I want to circle back to what you were saying about how you were going to be on I Love Money. So you were going to be on the fifth season then? I don't remember what, what season it was. They had those two. They had two. There was right. one Ryan was on, and then there was the one that I was supposed to be on. Okay, so you were supposed to be on four. It, yeah, maybe. Because there was never one that aired after four. Yeah. So, so okay. did, did they well, just... Well, they didn't his either, so I think there were two they didn't air. 
No, they did air four. Yeah. Because I'm rewatching four because I'm a trash monster. Um, <laughs> the one he was on? No, the one he wasn't. The one after that. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying you must have been five. No, did you pull out? Well, it was the it was the few weeks after his. I don't know. <laughs> uh, who was not? Who did I know? Uh, Punisher was he on it? Yes. So that would have been four. Okay, that was. Okay. I was gonna be. So, so what made you decide not to do it? They flew me to Mexico. Okay. Like two extra, and they decided not to have me. In, in hindsight, I think it was because I was not. I sort of had. I'm just who I am. Okay. And we were looking for who's each character, and I was like. Not, um, I think I didn't fit into what they were looking for. Like they and they, they do try to like mold. I think I didn't fit in with the thing. But they were very <laughs> listen. They wasted my time flying me to Mexico and back. Yeah, which I get it's fine. And they were, but they were very nice. They're like, oh no, you, we want you. You should have your own show. Which they might have just tried to make me feel nice. Maybe they weren't planning it before everything blew up. But um, you know, that was. Close, but I mean, I mean, Dave's Toy Shop does kind of have a nice ring to it for its own show. Right. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, it would have been a fun show. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know they were planning a number of additional shows. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that machine was rolling, and then it just all got shut down. Yeah. So when you say that they wanted you to be like a certain person, did they ever try to like persuade you to act a certain way? No, but I did hear from people from I Love Money. Again, it's mostly they try to take you and like, yeah, I heard some stories from people who were like, I think it's also once they, if you do something, it's like, okay, we got a story. And then they're like, you got to keep doing that. You know, I think that sort of happens. Um, And I think, well, I didn't watch a thing. What was with the Punisher? What didn't he have something like, he said they wanted, he was like the bad guy or something. Yeah, they cast him as uh, kind of the villain. He thinks he's the chess master of the house. Like he's running, like he's kind of yeah, running both like teams himself. Like, not my, you know, and then, but they all, it also, you want to stay on the show. Right. You start playing into their storyline. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of like, yeah, I remember people who were on that sort of, I think I'm, the problem, the, the difference might be for me, it's, I don't think it's a make or break, but I'm not good with that. Like, I need you to be this way. It's like, I can't, I can't even if I want. Like, I just, this is who I am. So I think they sort of, they might have picked up on that. And and if they try to do, you know, they also might pick up on this guy. He's <laughs> not that controllable. Um, and not to say that all the people went there are controllable. I don't really know. But I, I personally haven't had much of that. But also, I have a built-in story, which might not have, you know, a lot of shows when I would go on, it was like, oh, this guy sells sex toys. You'd expect him to be a pervert, but he's actually kind of normal. Like, that was <laughs> When I was on Millionaire Matchmaker, the first season, I don't know if you want this sure. story, but... Absolutely. Uh, well, so, they fixed me up with, you know, the, so this girl, I met her, she seemed nice, and then, you know, to make a long story short, I mean... Besides, she had a boyfriend. It was not available. Um, she came. So I had a uh, I had a party at my house. She shows up, and you know, at one point, the, my bouncer guy comes to me. and says, "There's a girl we need to kick out." And I'm like, "Oh, it must be you know the, that that stripper who I know." You know, 
It was this girl who supposedly was from Harvard. She's so drunk and she's starting fights with people. I'm like, <laughs> so that was the whole thing. And then I had it, and I'm like, and she has a boyfriend. Meanwhile, you know, I dropped her off at her boyfriend. I had to leave my party with her and drop her off at her boyfriend. Oh my god! Because she was so drunk and fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so millionaire match. Is that the worst date you've ever been on? What's that? Is that the worst? Uh, <laughs> She got drunk and fought somebody. Yeah. Well, they don't know. So Patty, she's not acting. She is. She's serious about her shit, her job. She's a matchmaker. She does a great job. So if I say she fixed, you fixed me up with someone who was, you know, not good. She's going to get mad at me. She's going to be mad at the show. They were scared of her. So they didn't want to tell her. And they didn't want me to tell her. Because this also was episode one. They're afraid she's going to quit. <laughs> and they don't want it to be like massively unsuccessful in the pilot because it kind of un- it kind of undermines the whole show they're trying to sell. Well, it's beyond the pilot. I, uh, it was, you know, was they, they did get approved for the show. Right. Whatever reason, this is what they told me. I'm, at, I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't know. So I sit down. I'm like, oh, it didn't work out. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't for me. <laughs> what? In the details. Uh. So now I'm like not supposed to tell the story. I don't know what I said. And then she's like, well, what? Well, she came to one of my parties. Oh, you had a party? I knew it. Sex joined in. You ruined it. I'm like, no. <laughs> it was her. She was drinking. Oh, so, oh, she's drinking. Oh, you're blaming. It's your fault. No. <laughs> I'm in a restaurant. She was screaming at me. <laughs> like, and, and, and I'm backpedaling. Right. Trying to, in hindsight, make her look bad, you know, because I told the story first, oh, it was it just didn't work. And then all of a sudden I'm trying to say, no, she was bad. And it looked horrible. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God, this episode, I'm going to look the worst. I wouldn't tell anybody about the show. My parents were like, when is this show? I'm like, no. <laughs> Never. Not, not for you. <laughs> and, 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 and then <laughs> they do the, uh, they do the previews you know it's a new show right coming up and they show me and, and she goes you can't have and you can't have sex on the first date until or you can't have sex until you're a committed relationship and they have this clip of me going oh <laughs> this is bullshit i didn't say oh they took that clip from somewhere else and put it it looks like all i care about is sex i was so mad and then everybody's like oh my god i saw that clip you're so funny <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm funny. Okay. So, um, and so they're playing. I was like, I remember with I was with a bunch of friends in the commercial during like you know Super Bowl. I don't. It was during oh, some football game. Commercial. I'm on the commercial. So every 
everybody knows about this show. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Meanwhile, the point I was getting at is, I am the sex toy guy who expects to be horrible. Turns out he's a nice guy. So they took like 20 seconds from that 30 minute harangue she gave me, if that's the right word, how to pronounce it. it you know, they took like 30 seconds, and I looked fine. That's so, right. Right. That's a long story for. Uh, <laughs> That's why I brought you on, though. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is insight that we're we're very much interested in. Uh, did, would, were you happy with how you were edited in Megan? Well, the show didn't actually air. I just found out that you know Megan has it on her. Yeah, she's on her YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of them. Is that the only plan? I mean, who's seen it? I just well, I had actually seen the the original episode. Years ago, I think I don't even know that I watched the whole thing. I, all I like, all liked, was the 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 last when I got kicked off. <laughs> this is what I wanted I, to talk about. <laughs> I, I said, I'm so upset to have missed this opportunity to find free marketing. I mean, true, true love. Yeah. <laughs> I and love I'm that like, you leaned into it. <laughs> and yeah. it's very funny because even in the edit. Uh, Megan put on her YouTube channel, they still bleep out everything at the end? Yeah, they bleep out your websites. Oh, did they not have my name? Oh, that, they bleeped that out. They can't do dot coms. Right. They know that that was not possible. Uh, But they had my name, Sex Toy Dave, everywhere. That was all the agreement was. And it was funny. I had, and I don't know if it came off that much in there. But I remember talking to the producers. I was like, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not that into like, I'm not that." And again, I like Megan. You know, even as a friend, I don't know her that well. I can say, "Oh, she's a good friend." I hung out with her a few times. Very seemed very nice. She's very uh, entrepreneurial. I like that. She seems like a great person. But as far as dating, and at the time, I was like, "I'm not really. I'm not feeling anything. I don't know where this is." And also, well, I also don't like the whole. I want you to buy me things. Yeah. I remember on my date, they were like, well, what are you going to buy her? And I'm like, I'm not buying her anything. I mean, this is the first date. Why would I buy her something? Right. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't I like buying know. her flowers. It was like, buy her a Tiffany necklace. <laughs> like, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm buying, I don't do that on a first date. I, I barely, listen, if I'm in a relationship, I, we'll see what happens. But I'm not into people who are into material things. Like, right. You know, I, I'm not, I don't like that as a, so I didn't want to play that game. I'm like, so she's not really for me. I remember the producer going, oh, that's interesting. You're actually not into her. Like, that's the story, okay? You're not into it, you know? And I was like, okay, whatever, you know? And I, I figured that sort of, I don't mind that. Without being, I don't want to be like, oh, I hate her. You know, she's right. not a bad person at all. Uh, but dating-wise, I'm not into that. I think that's cool. I'm not into spending a bunch of money to get someone to like me. Gotcha. So, like, when you had those elimination nights, like, was there actual nerves that you're going to get eliminated, or was it just kind of like, ah, what happens, happens? Well, the, the main thing was standing there for, like, five hours. Like, my back was hurting. I mean, it was just like, you, you, they you'd put you on a spot. Especially, I remember the first night, because they had to get the camera set up and all this. You got your place that you're going to stand, and you stand there oh. for hours. Wow. <laughs> Oh my god! Like it was sort of boring, and I think I 
my thing was I didn't care about going to the end. It was a little bit like I don't want to I don't want to get kicked off. But so I think at the, if I got kicked off on the first night, I'd be like, oh, this was a waste of time, you know. Right. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think I was going to get kicked off on the first night, so I don't think I was nervous. This is a long time ago. I don't remember. I but I don't remember having nerves about it. Um. Because also you sort of, if you see how the show works, they sort of like, if you're going to get kicked off, you have your storyline. Like, I, I haven't been on a date with her. How am I going to get kicked off? Like, what's the story, right? right? So then on that fourth one, when I had the date, I don't remember. I, I think part of me was just like, okay, if I stay on, great. If I don't. Awesome! I can't wait to get the hell out of here. <laughs> gotcha. You know, so I, I, it was just whatever. I don't remember being stressed about it. Um, and it would have been fun to hang out, but we, we never think of those as taking that long because they're about like two minutes of TV time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be it would it would be long. <laughs> I don't remember what there was a lot of just standing there with the, the lighting and the cameras and the focus and then just whatever she walks down the stairs walk down the stairs again and her in the high heels that alone took 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> she made Trump's descent look like a speed uh, <laughs> hey when, you, when you walk in those heels had an escalator in the house it would have been better <laughs> should have had somebody like carry her down yeah like, exactly just really lean into it. Uh, so, uh, was there any uh, incentive to stay on the show? Like, were you compensated more for, per episode or anything like that? You know, if they paid, I think it was like, you know, they were paying something they had to pay, I think, legally. And, you know, it was a hundred tiny bit of money, I think. I, I don't remember. I just I remember there was some check that was very inconsequential. It was all about airtime. That's all okay. anybody cared about, either for marketing or for your fame level. Everyone just wanted more screen time. Gotcha. So that would, that's you know, and so more the incentive is to stay on the show more, and then you're more famous. And that's sense. why we have people from like Megan wants a millionaire who don't necessarily need the money for my love money going on it anyway. Yeah. Because they're right. like, no, I want to do more screen time, have more fun. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, fame is very valuable. Even if, even the people who come across as like horrible for one reason or another, everybody still wants them around. Like if it was like, you know, a character who's the worst person and, mm -hmm. you know, everyone used to make fun of the people from Jersey Shore but if you were having an event and that person is there, it's like, oh, awesome. This event is better because it has the horrible person that I don't like, you know, here. And like, and I want to talk to them. Like, and, and then as that person, you know, for me, I mean, I, I go to my convention in, for my industry and it's like, I'm, a, I was like a hero, you know, because mainstream marketing of adult products is like the holy grail of you know, the adult industry. Right. Yeah. And I did it. People were like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, so it was just that, yeah. Those had to be some wild industry shows. Yeah. You mean, oh, the conventions? Yeah. yeah I, would, I used to say, you know what, all businesses are the same. I mean, what people are like, oh, your business, what do you do? I'm like, it's the same. I sit in front of a computer all day. I'm worried about inventory and, you know, right. uh, and, you know, 
where where the add to cart, what color the add to cart button is, and, and all this boring <laughs> that you got to do. Um, the only difference between this and any other business are the conventions, and I got to say these conventions are better. <laughs> I'd imagine. I'd imagine those are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was also in Hollywood. I was very I, listen. I, someday I'm going to make a video about. I learned the evils of commoditizing sex. I now like listen to Dr. Laura Schlesinger and understand that sex should be sacred and how that helps a relationship. And hmm. I'm actually, you know, I'm actually divorced now. Oh. Uh, and I got to say. When I look at hindsight, nothing against her, but and anything I could say bad about her was before she got married. I looked, why did I not notice that this would be a problem? These things wouldn't work. It was because I was so caught up in the shiny lights and and, and, and uh, you know all the excitement and it blind. You know, you you there's a reason why waiting and having sex more sacred makes you a smarter person when it comes to making a relationship. So I now am a very different person. But, where was I going with this? What was the question? I don't know. I'm enraptured. I thought that was... I don't know. We were talking about... No. We went from talking about conventions... I that up before I got to the next point, and then I <laughs> We were talking about conventions and how, like, that was the main oh. difference between... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and although the convention in Las Vegas was fun, you know, my uh, typical... You know, I was in Hollywood, house in the hills with a view, stripper pole in the living room, hot tub out back, and I go out in a limo, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. to the hottest club and come back for an after party at my house. So, you know, Vegas was, even Vegas convention was boring compared to my regular Saturday. <laughs> it sounds like a good time, though. Which, as I said, it's a lot of people are like, oh my God, dude, I wish I knew you and maybe whatever and all this. And it was fun, but there is a dangerous side to it. There is a cost. <laughs> yeah. Many people don't understand. And you're and you're out now, so like you, you've survived it. You went through it. Yeah, I have a degree, and I. But you know, um, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I, I, you know, listen, that could be a whole other show. <laughs> That's true. We should probably stick to Megan. Uh, so you did the date where you went lawn bowling, right? Yes. <laughs> How much actual lawn bowling did you do? Two games of lawn bowling. Really? Um, and I and I just remember that I was just you know I was cool cool as could be and just threw that thing and, and ended up next to the ball and won. Oh, you won! You won lawn bowling. I won and I won a I won a uh, kiss from Megan or something or she you know I was like you know whatever and um, <laughs> but I watched I watched the thing and I, and it was like I don't remember it being but it, she was like so tell me about you and I'm like. So let me tell you about my business, and now you can find my website. Like, I'm, like, marketing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I can't believe I was that bad. You know, they must have edited out other parts of the conversation, but they made it look very much like she wanted to get to know me, and all I wanted to do was promote my business, and I didn't care about her. You know. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously that was there, but they made it look. I was like, oh. I mean, these shows are painful to watch for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do take, each episode appears to be about two days of real time, because uh, it looks like it's a day, a night, and then the next day, but they're putting it into, like, 40 minutes, so a lot of stuff is getting cut, and they have to have all of their standard, like, you know... Yeah, the off-camera thing, you know, when you're sitting in the chair, not in the scene, and right. you're talking about stuff, that can be, like, an hour. 
uh, and they can ask you questions to lead you into supporting the narrative they're trying to create. You know, so it it can really go um, go off script. But I mean, the re- the reality was for me, I I didn't mind the, the whole thing. I come off, I don't know, people who watch these shows, to me, when I look at it now, I'm like embarrassed, you know, but, um, but it was, you know, listen, I did do it for marketing, which I think is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not really doing this for ethically altruistic reasons. Yeah. It's not like they're trying to find this, help this poor girl find love. (laughs) Like they're doing it for their own marketing and their own, uh, corporate greed so i don't think there's anything ethically shady about doing it to market your business right i mean megan's yeah. there to build her uh, brand shock shock and you know getting the clicks yeah i mean now that's new now the news is like that i mean yeah <laughs> at least everybody knew my thing was stupid when they saw it now people watch fox and cnn and they think it's you know <laughs> it's real <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even back before that, Jon Stewart was trying to tell us, like, no, this is fake, please stop. <laughs> if only we had listened to Jon Stewart in, what, like, 2004? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, a few of these shows are starting to, like, pop up again, and there's been, like, uh, a couple reunions and stuff like that. Would you be interested in ever getting back into that world? Being back in the world as in going on a show? Or yes. Or or even like doing a reunion, if because I know they did a reunion for I believe I love New York. Like, is that something you would ever do? Just like a one-off Zoom reunion, even. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, listen, I have no social life. I'm like, I have two great kids who I spend a ton of time with. As a retired, got a super dad. Um, <laughs> I have them half half of my days, and I'm with them all day. When I don't have them, I've got some. You know, I read. <laughs> crypto and occasionally move money around but I got nothing to do no social life whatsoever uh, if there's an hour zoom thing that's probably the most exciting thing I've done in weeks um, if there was an event in Los Angeles I would go why not you know um, I mean like I said there's very little competition for me I have like there's nothing fun to, you know it's COVID I got yeah. there's nothing fun to, I feel that so, <laughs> I do um, anything you know that's fine, and I'm it, like, why not? I don't, I don't know that I would go every week or anything, and I probably wouldn't fly anywhere uh, unless it was close and it was happened to be on Fridays when I don't have my kids. I mean, you know, maybe right. fly to Vegas in the morning and leave, you know, that night, whatever. But um, so yeah, it would be fun. I mean, the, the, it would be fun to see those guys. Certainly, at least uh, one time would be fun. Cool. Yeah, I don't think anybody. Putting that together. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you're you're part one, so we're gonna try to get the rest of the gang. Wait, what are what are we doing? Are you able to find? I mean, I'm sure everybody's on Facebook. Uh, we we reached out to a few other people. Like, we tried to reach out to Matt, and he didn't because we have a little bit of a background in pro wrestling. So we're like, ah, Matt will talk to us, and we couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah, I'm not even sure he uses the accounts that we were trying to get a hold of him through. So, no. what are you gonna do? Right. Yeah. 
you emailed me, right? Or no, you you twittered me, and I use my Twitter all the time. No, I'm in contact. I, I contacted you through sextoy.com. And <laughs> oh, which yeah, I told it. The CEO forwarded it to me, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> which is super nice of them to do, because I didn't know you didn't know the company anymore. Yeah, this yeah. has become kind of a joke of uh, Noah keeps trying to find ways to surprise me on mic. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so you were the surprise this week. Yeah, of being like, oh, by the way, I did X. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so we have Secretary Dave this week. But yeah. I scared a woman and a child this morning. Yeah, we, we were very excited to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, because this is really fun. This is the first time we've actually done one of these interviews. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to do it. Yeah, greatly appreciate cool. you coming on. Uh, so, so now you're doing crypto, right? Yes, so that's the new exciting, I don't remember exactly what we said at the beginning, but that's the new, uh, you know, I was interested in the, in the web because um, the information systems was moving clearly to the internet and web and decentralizing the spread of information. Right. And now similarly, uh, the, the, you know, so with the internet, you could, you could send a picture to anyone around the world for free, but you can't send money. Because that photo, they can make copies, send it to someone else. With money, you not only can you not make copies, if I send it to you, everybody in the world has to know that now I don't have it and you do. Right. So how do you solve that problem? Bitcoin figured that out. Uh, and then once they figured that out, there's all these other things that sort of spawn from that. And anyway, so this is up my alley of the new big software upgrade decentralization. This is a huge disruption of money in, in all, all financial networks are going to be upgraded. Now it appears it's going to be onto Ethereum. And so just investing has become my business by knowing what's going on and getting in early in the right things. And now you, by the time you air this, we're high in the bubble now. Like most likely, you know, I think that these things go, this is like Bitcoin six bubble, you know, right, and, right. Um, this, I've seen this movie, and I've been—I just made a video on my YouTube about I've been through seven bubbles in my life, starting from you know I lived in Japan in 1990 when that bubble popped. Oh wow! Oh, wow. So anyway, I've learned how this stuff goes, and you get a feel for it. And it's like nobody wanted to buy Ethereum when it was a hundred dollars, and I was screaming, and people just thought I was annoying and told me to shut up. Now you know that it's two thousand dollars. Everybody wants that, and they want to buy some other shit coin. You know, and so yeah, I believe Dogecoin is one people are talking about. Yeah, did you get into Doge? No, it's a joke. I mean, it was made as a joke. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> Elon thinks it's funny, I, and that's fine. Listen, he's a billionaire. He can afford to just think it's funny, but it, if there's no developers, like it's right. not. It's just a thing. Like it's a. It's like a collectible, maybe, but it's. Do not buy Dogecoin. And you mean the cryptocurrency Dogecoin. named after a meme is a joke? <laughs> yeah, the guy, so in 2017, when all these tokens were taken off, somebody said, a smart guy's like, you know, this is funny. Anybody can make a token. And the thing that makes it popular is having a meme around it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm making one. He was very upfront about making this as a joke. So he spent three hours, made it, and he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to use the, this dog, I guess it's called Doge. Or Doge. Dog. Yeah, it's like a Shiba Inu, and it's like the joke of it is that it's Doge, many this, much that. Yeah. So we're going to make a bunch of memes with the Doge dog, because that's cute, and we're going to call it Dogecoin, and I bet the, the price goes way up. And it did, and it was funny, and they made some money, and then they sold it all, and that was the end of it. Until every, it's like every six months, 
the thing will skyrocket because a bunch of manipulators pump it up and then idiots jump in and then they sell it all. Uh, but now it's so weird. Well, Elon, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird that he's doing it. But then I see other celebrities. Everybody, like, loves to love it. It's stupid. But the thing I want to say <laughs> is for anybody listening to this and now crypto's in a bull and everyone thinks everything's going to the moon, we're getting very close. For me, I said a long time ago, Bitcoin, when it when the bubble ended two years ago, I mean, the crash ended two years ago, and it came off 3,000, it crashed through 10,000, I said, listen, eventually it's going to cross 50, once it gets over 50, that's when all the idiots are coming out, and then it's going to go a lot higher, and then eventually crash and come back to 50, Right. and for Ethereum, it's probably three to 5,000 that we're getting to, so you're getting very close, and probably by the time this thing airs, just understand that if you buy it, anything now, it, it probably goes a lot higher in the next several months but two or three years from now you're going to be able to buy it cheaper so just don't start everybody jumping in right now if you believe and you understand what's going on is a multi-decade long transition do your studying now if you want to buy a teeny just so you learn what's going on a little bit whatever i i get it but wait for the crash wait for everything to be down 70 percent it's going to happen again and then start getting it, you know? Okay. Uh, so yeah, careful. people don't seem to realize that this is a long game. We saw with, like, the GameStop situation. Uh, people were not going into that to play a long game, and then it immediately crashed back down. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're kind of... Well, GameStop is not a long game, because that's not a real... Uh, I mean, GameStop is a company that wasn't worth zero. Right. But because it was so heavily shorted, there weren't enough shares, there was this weird imbalance of supply and demand. Right. That... They were able to push the price high, but then it would definitely crash. So that was a short, I mean, it wasn't that short because for the people who really started it, you know, like a year ago, started building this up. But once it started going up, GameStop is not, listen, maybe they become really innovative and reinvent themselves and it becomes something. But GameStop is, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's a store in malls. Like, what are they yeah. going to do? They need to become a whole different company. And they're trying to, it might have some value. But when that thing was at 300 it's not a long term because mm. it's not going to be too expensive. A lot of people so, jumped in thinking it was going to continue to go, but a lot of the people yeah. who jumped in jumped in right before things went to shit again. <laughs> yeah. You know, people love when it when the price is going straight up, everybody loves to buy it. I love it when it go I love seeing a chart where it came straight down for a while and then it sits it's like this. It's just flat, boring for like a year and nobody's talking about it. But it's a great company or a great network. You know, that's when you want to get in. So right now we're in crazy time. You know, I can't stop my mother. Now my mother's buying. You know, she bought the UE swap today. It's like, <laughs> so, uh, which probably is going a lot higher. You know, and, and I'm just, you know, hopefully people listen to me. You know, <laughs> start ringing that bell. You feel like but, Cassandra. Uh, what's that? Oh, you feel like Cassandra, the oracle that's cursed that no one listens to her. Yeah, and I could get so many more followers on, on, on YouTube if I was, like, pumping and shit. Like, all you got to say is, it's all going to the moon. And everyone's like, yay, like, like, follow, you know. But I I'm mean, like, be careful, you know. If you're an idiot, you're going to lose all your yeah, money. Nobody wants to hear, be careful on YouTube. <laughs> That's not where the clicks are. Yeah, I mean, that stuff was weirdly unavoidable. Like, even in the cross-stitch community, people were putting out cross-stitches that had the GameStop logo and then to the moon. <laughs> and I was just like... Yeah. What is it? What, what in the capitalist hell is this? <laughs> that was a great story, though. 
they took, you know, a bunch of kids brought down a hedge fund. Well, they could have really brought down the hedge fund, but the, the big money came in and, and bailed them out, you know, quickly. But, you know, it was, it was quite a story. But I, I started my, my YouTube is just, my thing is to know what's going on. And one thing I learned, and when I started it was like, okay, you know, they say what's a good way to learn is to teach. Right. So I would yeah. learn about, you know, I started with, when I first, originally I bought Bitcoin a long time ago, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then it started going up in 2016. And then I was like, then I looked online, I was like, wait a second, there's a thousand more tokens? Like, what is going on? I'm like, I want to know what every one of them does. So I would pick one, study it, and I'll say, you know what, I'm done, I'll make a video. So it gets me to study, put my ideas together, speak it, helps me learn, and then I get feedback if I'm wrong, you know, people tell me or people come up with new things. So I started it just as a learning tool. I mean, and still it is just a learning tool, tool, and it's fun for me. And people like it because it's like, oh, you don't have an agenda, you're not selling. Or, you're, or I'll be like, oh, shoot, I was wrong about this. Yeah. You know, I think this, like, oh my God, you changed your mind. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody so does that. Whatever, and I'm not selling anything or trying to make money. So I have fun with it. But I do like having followers, and I and, and on Twitter, I do Twitter too. I'm sort of getting into that. I, that's my great one of the greatest things I've discovered recently is a hack against all the stupidness that's out there in the media. Is um, I just follow 65 right now, super smart, genius type people, very accomplished, have mm-hmm. created great things on Twitter. All I read is what they say or articles they point to. And that's it. I do not, I mean, if CNN is on me, or, or Fox, I'm not blue or red team, whatever, any of those stupid things, or any, if someone's a journalist, what have you created, Mr. Journalist? Or, if, you know, maybe there's some journal, whatever. I just, I'm like, nah, 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 I don't want to hear it. Because what? you're not an expert. I want to know about Ethereum. I'll listen to Vitalik Buterin, the guy who created it. Not some journalist. I remember when COVID started, and from my feed, I knew about COVID. I texted my parents in January, buy a mask because when you want it, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get it. I was early with COVID and I'm following t- mostly crypto people, but still, <laughs> I'm tuned into the truth. Um, well, I-, I would have to say COVID affected the economy a lot, so I could see why economy people would be paying attention to COVID. <laughs> You know, he was early in Coinbase and with crypto, and he's and he also happened to make a billion dollars making a uh, genetics company. Um, you know, so he was I was already following him, and then he was on top of COVID. And then I also followed this other this girl woman who's uh, early in Bitcoin, and she lives part time in China and part time in Silicon Valley, and her parents are all doctors. And she was like, oh, my, everybody's saying, you know, she was tweeting in December about it looks like something's going on and it looks like another SARS. And she was tweeting, you know, so I was on it really early. And, and, yeah. and the stuff about masks, I got, yeah. I, on Facebook I posted, um, I said the CDC, because when they came out and said, don't wear masks, I'm like, really? I mean, and then, you, and then through my feed, I could see the... Uh, pushback on that coming and I posted on my Facebook I said the CDC is going to capitulate within two weeks and change their recommendations on masks because you know they they know they're wrong 
Mm-hmm. And then I got blocked. Facebook said, you know, well, watch out for this false information. <laughs> Four days later, the CDC has changed their mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually, I saw that pretty recently, like two weeks ago, they were saying like, don't wear two masks. It's stupid. And then like, Two days ago, they're like, wear two masks. Yeah, double up. And I was like, oh, I've been doing this for a couple of weeks because I have friends who are into epidemiology and I have friends who are doctors who are like, hey, this is what you have to do to, you know, not die until you get vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's obvious, like you get it by breathing it in. Yeah. So let's see, what's easier? Breathing in or putting something in front of your mouth. What, <laughs> That's what's simple. better? And then it's stuff that floats in the air. So, and then supposedly it doesn't live that well outside and in the sun. Yeah. So what's more dangerous, in a room with the windows closed or outside when it's right. you know, funny? Like, this is not, but these, our, our leaders really were exposed. Uh, Literally. We're right off topic, aren't we? <laughs> no, this is, this is great. <laughs> no, this is super interesting. Yeah. We are getting a little bit off topic here, so this is a good time for Editor Noah to pop in here and do a, an ad read, a very real ad read. Because our sponsor this week is Sextoy.com, the only sex toy emporium that was started by Sex Toy Dave. He, as stated earlier, sold the business, but they're still in business. It's still some high-quality products, and you can get some right now at 20% off if you use the discount code MEGAN20. Yes, for real, if you use the discount code MEGAN20 on Sextoy.com, you'll get 20% off your order. Thanks to Stay Doomed. So before I let you go, I gotta ask this question: What is that painting behind you? <laughs> That's well. There's two. Yeah, I get. I don't always get complimented on my choice of art, but um, the 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 mountain one is just. I love looking at the mountains. Uh, you know, I was in. Uh, it was out in uh, Utah, Park City. And I saw, and they had this, this photographer, and they had all these. I'm just like, that's what I want to look at. I want to. Mm-hmm. I think that's in Alaska, Kilimanjaro. I have a friend. He came in. He's like, oh, I climbed that. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. I didn't even know it was Kilimanjaro until. Or I think that whatever it was, he climbed it. He knew it. Um. So I like looking at that. I used to have it in my Hollywood place. It was like in the living room. People were like that doesn't belong here. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't care. I like. It. So the other thing. Is this, uh, you know, this, it's like acrylic and it's um, three-dimensional, you know what I mean? It has a... Texture. Yeah, texture, and I don't know, it's another one where a lot of people hate it. (laughs) I like, it's it's kind of old now, but years ago I was walking in New York City and I saw it, and I was like, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. And I've had it uh, ever since. But. I, I love it too. I, it keeps yeah. drawing my eye to it, so I had to ask about it. <laughs> Thank you. I had for a while, I put up a green screen and I have these fake backgrounds, but it's a whole thing and the lighting and there's always an issue. And then I thought, you know, whatever. Actually, that painting was over here. Okay. Like, if I put that there, this is good enough. I don't need a green screen. Yeah. It's good framing because it's perfectly on each side of you. Yeah, now now we all had to become, you know, junior interior designers so that we could have our Zoom backgrounds be suitable. (laughs) Well, hopefully I'll be uh, selling some Ethereum and getting a house. I've been, I feel a long story. I told you I'm divorced. I've been in this place for for a while. This place is awesome, though. I love it. Yeah. I think I'm going to, like, get a, you know, I probably should buy. I think it's good financially money but also right. i'm like i should do i'm just gonna 
buy some furniture, you know, or, or some, uh, maybe I get some, you know, a piece of art that is, is not like, that's going to be, I've had that for probably 25 years. <laughs> this other one yeah. for 15. And I haven't gone clothing shopping in like two years. I mean, no one's gone clothing shopping in like a year. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody's gone shopping in like a year. So yeah. it's fine. No one knows. Like, when's the last time anybody bought pants? Like, for <laughs> no one knows. It's we don't fine. need them. Pants are obsolete. Yeah, now. Zoom cuts off here. Like, <laughs> oh. so thank you, thank you so much for for coming and, and talking to us. What what's the YouTube channel so uh, people can check you out? Well, the main thing from you can always find me DaveLevine.com. Uh, and that, if you go to that .com, it now just points to my YouTube, which is, you know, youtube.com slash Dave Levine, D-O-T-C-O-M, My Twitter, it was too long to get D-O-T-C-O-M, so it's Dave Levine, the number zero, C-O-M. Okay. Um, and that's, that's it. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you search sex toy Dave, I'm sure I'm the only, I don't know what comes up these days. I, <laughs> Take a look into that. Well, you're Crypto Dave now. That's the name you got to start pushing. I'd like, I'd like uh, to have that name change. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely seem to know what you're doing when it comes to that. Absolutely. Pick, yeah. Picked up a lot of good information. Yeah. Well, what should I go invest in now that we're, we're done talking? Uh, yeah. No, seriously, I love Ethereum long term it's just we're getting to the point in a bubble where you got to be very careful it's still i think one i think three thousand to me three ish it could be where it crashes to eventually so and we're only at almost at two thousand whatever but and or if you want to play you know everybody loves people don't love long i like to buy something to hold for five years like that's where you make the money i i had tesla i started in 2015 buying it and i held through I mean, two years ago, people wanted to put him in jail and the car, and it doesn't right. work, and no one wants to buy it, all this crazy shit, and I'm like, but I held, and then I was rewarded. And, um, and same thing with crypto. So I like to hold for a long time. So Ethereum is a long-term story, ETH. <laughs> it's like my favorite, and it is not going away. I pulled up the Ethereum website, and like the second thing you see is the dog. <laughs> <laughs> really? Ethereum? Ethereum doesn't... It's a decentralized protocol. It's like if you think of like the internet. Okay. Like, I pulled up the internet's website. The internet doesn't have a website. Yeah, it's just ethereum.org. It's a community run. Okay, so oh. ethereum.org is an organization that works to promote Ethereum, but they don't own Ethereum or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. It's a, it's a fan site. Yeah, the, the third picture is the dog, and that's what made me laugh about it, because oh, like we had just been making fun of it. It has nothing to do with Ethereum. I know, that's why I thought it was kind of funny. So... so I'm hearing buy Ethereum after it crashes is, is the, the advice. I would start, and not only that, start studying what is Ethereum, what is DeFi, decentralized finance. Um, it, it, it is easier. Yeah, I would start studying and when things crash or there's a thing called layer two on Ethereum where things go faster. There's a whole long story about how it's it's gotten very expensive. The transactions on Ethereum now are very expensive. It's too crowded um so but then there's a thing on layer two where they're going to be cheaper get in early on layer two applications but start studying and when you when you try to study what's going on first time you read it you have no idea what the hell
Okay. I don't one word of it. Then you read it again, and you're sort of like, I think I understood one sentence, so I'm making progress. <laughs> and third time, fourth time, like literally at some point, it starts to hit you. But don't feel bad, because it's also an intersection of like, it's economics, it's networks, it's programming, uh, it's game theory, like all in one. And so it's very, uh, t- it's a long learning curve, but... I think you will be well rewarded because all financial software is going to be upgraded. Oh, that's wild. It's built on Ethereum. And there'll be some other chains too, but it's, it's very big. And these are huge numbers. And also at some point, I mean, it's, markets are already crazy, but the dollar, you know, is the reserve currency. It's 100% right. reserve currency, which even historically over thousands of years... The reserve currency usually doesn't get to 100% anyways, um, with huge amounts of debt based in it. And, and that is, the dollar as a reserve currency is going to be disrupted. And when that happens, uh, which, you know, could be in two months or it could be in, in, in 10 years, but it's gonna, you're going to be like, wait, what is going on? And you're going to want to understand how Ethereum works. Yeah, right. so I will definitely do some studying, luckily. I know a YouTuber yeah. that uh, will help explain this to me. <laughs> yeah, watch my YouTube and, and comment if you have questions. And we all have a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. That sounds a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Like, maybe, I'm going to look into it. Definitely going to look into it. Dave, thank you so much for taking some time to yeah, talk Yeah, thank you. This us. is a lot of fun. Yes. And to talk to us about your reality show time. Yes. Resurfacing my career. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us, Dave. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, Dave. Editor Noah here one more time to talk to you about Patreon. We wanted to bring this up. Our first Patreon exclusive episode will be dropping this week. It is on the film Serenity. We just loved Firefly so much we had to talk about it a little bit more. So our Serenity episode will be dropping this week. Also, you can vote right now on what our next crowdfund crypt that's our exclusive show to Patreon, what the topic of that episode will be. Will it be about Trapped, which is a children's television show over in England that was suggested by crowdfund Crypt Keeper Matthew? Or will we be watching Heather's The Musical? Next week, we'll be watching Heather's, which you can watch on Amazon Prime for $2 an episode. We have a lot of feelings about that one. So if you want us to watch more Heather's, you can vote for that. Or you can vote for Trapped, and we can talk more game shows and game theories. The choice is yours. You can sign up for just $5, and if you want to add suggestions, it's just $20. So please head on over to patreon.com slash plus two comedy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you to Dave Levine, a.k.a. Sex Toy Dave. Yes, it, it's, it seemed very fitting. I know we got off topic a lot, but it seemed very fitting that in an interview with Sex Toy Dave, that we circled back to his companies a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so we circled back to business a lot. I was like, perfect. This is exactly what I wanted out of a conversation with Dave. Yeah, this was a really, really fun. We're hoping to do more interviews in the future. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. So if you've ever appeared on any of the shows we've covered and you want to come join us, uh, come hang out. Yeah, let, let us know who you would like to see us interview next. Yeah, we'll, we'll go hunting for people. Yeah. Well, not not like hunting for people, but like... 
You know what I mean. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> we'll send a tweet. Until that's, the- that's the stay doomed guarantee. We'll send a tweet. Uh, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash plus two comedy. You can join a patron at just $5 and have a voice in what we cover here on the show. Thank you to crowdfund Crypt Keeper Matthew for helping support the show. Uh, if you want to talk to me about all the new cryptocurrency I'm planning to buy, I'm at plus two comedy. If you laughed watching me try not to jump in with everything I knew about Megan Wants a Millionaire or I Love Money For, I'm at Sprocket League. Until next time, stay doomed.